Welcome back to Rogue Creators, presented by Go RogueX. My name is Brian Fitton. And I'm Lauren Lewis. And this is the podcast dedicated to marketers and creators who are wanting to serve first and stand out from the crowd. Make sure that you subscribe every single week, YouTube, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to get all of the tools and resources you need to be the go-to name in your industry. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to Rogue Creators, the podcast dedicated to doing things differently. Uh, it is presented by Go Rogue X. We uh, we enjoy kind of standing out from the crowd, creating content that is that is different, that's engaging, that's helpful and educational. Uh, make sure that you guys go every single week. We we try to provide all this value, so make sure you subscribe. Uh, this is also a video podcast. We love video podcast, Absolutely. right, Lauren? It's my co-host, Lauren. Um, we, uh, yeah, we're videoing this as well. So make sure you guys jump on YouTube and subscribe over there if you want to watch. Uh, but also everything is available at goroguex.com slash podcast. So uh, we like to bring on interesting people who are doing really cool things in the marketing space specifically to help you out. And one of our favorite topics, I say the favorite, we've kind of just gotten into this B2B world has been, uh, it's just, it's, there's so many layers to that that uh, that level of of selling and engaging a, a buyer in that in that world, and uh, so we brought on Wendy Covey uh, from True Marketing. Wendy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Awesome. We are so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, we are going to jump into all things content marketing and uh, specifically, you know, in that kind of technical space, because we do have some clients who are in that world as well. And so it's so much, it's so much fun to kind of dive into a lot of those topics that uh, don't get talked about a lot, but you have an amazing podcast uh, where you are just bringing tons of value to that community. Uh, And so we want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, we like to have a lot of fun. Uh, at the beginning of our episode, right, Lauren? Yes, we do. <laughs> um, each episode, we like to start off with, what are you obsessed with? So starting with our wonderful guest, Wendy, what are you obsessed with this week? This week? Well, I'll put a little plug in for my fishing record. Ooh. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I have a state record for catching the largest redfish in the state of Texas. Whoa. So this week... I'm obsessed with um, researching buying a fishing boat because I am itching to get on the water when it gets a little warmer. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm my fishing pole is calling my name. That's incredible. That's super impressive. Yeah, that's uh, so. And you're based in Austin, Texas, correct? I am. I am. So it's a little bit of a drive to the Texas coast. So we usually go in the Corpus Christi, Baffin Bay area. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. We uh we're Northwest Arkansas Bay, so we have there's lakes everywhere, so there's always fishing going on. I am not a fisherman, and now, but I'm very intrigued. I thought you were going to say that you were a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jack of all trades. I mean, I have fished before, uh-huh. but uh, that's another level, Wendy, of of fishing. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a uh, kind of a joke around the house because. You know, my husband used to brag about the biggest catch and then hear his wife, you know, who <laughs> I hadn't been fishing all that long when it happened, when I got this record, it's been almost a decade, but, um, I've, I've been uh, hooked, so to speak ever since. So that's awesome. incredible. That's incredible. All right. Uh, what about you, Lauren? What are you obsessed with this week? I had it in my head and then all of a sudden it disappeared. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so Brian, what are you obsessed with this week? <laughs> and I'll, you can come back to me for just a second. So 
I don't get a ton of time to watch TV or anything, but uh, this week I have been rolling through the rockumentaries. I've talked about this before, uh, but there's one. I, so I got a free trial of Apple TV Plus, and so uh, the Beastie Boys documentary is on there. I I love. I have always loved oh, the Beastie Boys, but it's it's they're always like that band. It's like, oh yeah, I'd love to listen to a song, and you know, you know your five Beastie Boys songs or whatever. But it was very interesting to like dive into just the band, and I mean, even like they're older now, and they are just still kind of crazy, which I appreciate. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just a, a facade or something that they did. It was actually like who they were, and so. Um, but uh, just to hear even like the story of. Uh, MCA, who died uh, from cancer, I think back in 2012, and just how influential he was, and just hip hop and uh, all all of that that whole world is very interesting. So this was uh, I've been like on my deep dive into Def Jam and almost bought a Def Jam hoodie. And there's you know <laughs> I, I go down that I, I go hardcore if I can, but uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Lauren, did you remember you? I did. I okay, did. Good, right as you good. started talking, I was like, oh, there it is. Um. So I mean, one thing I'm upset. I'm currently selling my house. And so that's been, that's why my brain is a little bit foggy. But, um, so we started, my husband and I started Money Heist. Mm. Um, so Ava, our content coordinator, she's smiling at me now, um, raved about it. And I had really not started it just simply because sometimes it's hard for me to get past the fact that it's dubbed because it's in Spanish. Um, and so I just, I didn't know if it, I could get over it. And I, I have been able to get over it. And we've watched two episodes so far. And it's actually really interesting. I don't nice. like heist stuff, but I, I actually... Crazy. That's crazy. It just bores me. <laughs> um, but uh, this one's actually pretty interesting. I'm giving it a go. And I think it's good. Yeah, because we were in a bit of a show hole. hole. And so now we're, we're giving this one a go. And I think, it, I think it's pretty good. Nice. Nice. Good. We usually do not agree on TV shows at all, for the most part, like Bridgerton yeah. or whatever it is. Why would you watch that? Whatever film? the baking show is. I I have, I do You're try. You're crazy on the baking I show. try. My, I know my wife and I, though, we we try to like, I'm like, Lauren says this is what we need. So we try to, it's, it's just not there. So we're going to start what? Cobra Kai, though. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> we need to move on. So sorry, Oh, Wendy. I'm sure your wife is lining up for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's dive into um, Wendy and what you guys do at True Marketing yeah. um, and what all the, all the things. And so tell us just a little bit about you, background, um, obviously, and about your business too. Sure. So uh, so I guess I'll, I'll start with me. So um, I've been in marketing for over 20 years now, and I started as a baby marketer at a company called National Instruments. They're a pretty large, yeah. sizable business uh, these days, um, over a billion dollars. So uh, that's where I cut my teeth, and I was there for 12 years. And then a colleague, a friend of mine, and I decided to start a marketing agency, and that was what ha- is now True Marketing. Uh, and that was another 12 years ago. And when we first started the business, uh, we were focused on being an integrated marketing firm and we'd work with anybody who would hire us, right? This scrappy oh, yeah. new business, like, come on, just please pay us. We know some stuff. <laughs> and um, and that went on for the first year. And then uh, the Great Recession occurred, mm. which is, it's kind of funny to think about Great Recession, right? As, as we're still yeah. in our, our <laughs> pandemic days here. 
Um, but it was, it was really uh, quite a time to have started a new business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we panicked a bit, uh, and then we calmed down and we said, okay, uh, where are we going? What do we know? Uh, and, and both of us had spent our whole careers marketing to engineers and technical audiences. We knew the trade shows, the publications, we knew how to write for this audience. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to narrow our focus to only work with technical audiences. And once we proclaimed that, our business took off. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we had this uh, saying, you need to say no in order to grow. And it, it worked really well for us. Uh, we actually were recognized by the Wall Street Journal as um, entrepreneurs, uh, top entrepreneurs uh, in in the world. That's and this incredible. was really just for saying no to grow. It was a simple concept, um, but it's sometimes companies have hard a hard time having the discipline to stick to it. And um, anyway, we've we've done it. We've been here, and now we're twelve years later, still going strong. I love that. That's uh, that's incredible too, because a lot of times when you think of uh, marketing in general, you think of that B two C space, right? So we're, it's mainly about consumers, and that's where you go. But uh, this whole industry is not getting the attention or, or appreciation or love or any of that because nobody's really focusing on it. So it's incredible to see what you guys are doing as well. And just uh, we talked before about but your website, you know, having have, we're big video people around here, obviously, and having a, a great video right up front to, to talk about who you guys are and what you do and and the problem that you're solving uh, is just incredible. And so um, that's that was one of the reasons we were talking to of having on our show because uh, that B2B space doesn't get a lot of love. And so it's interesting to find people who are doing it right in that in that industry. So that's awesome. Thank you. And, and you know, the the concept of content marketing and, and video is a form of content. It, it's so important uh, for an engineering audience that needs lots of data and information to make critical decisions, uh, purchase decisions that literally could affect life and death. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we just love that that content marketing is such an effective tool that fits so nicely within this niche. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we we love to talk about content and different forms of content and how best to use it. And <clears throat> when you get into that space, I think it's important to talk about quality content and what's shareable content um, because there's so much that can be produced that's kind of a waste of time. So in, you know, in your mind, what makes good shareable content? Yeah, great question. And um, I'll have companies that'll call us and they're in dire straits because they've hired uh, a writer that doesn't understand their company to come write content for them. And when it comes to a technical company, you, you have all these acronyms and very technical applications uh, that, that they're working on. And it's difficult to write about that in a way that's accurate. So when you think about quality content, first, it needs to be accurate, right? <laughs> you need to use acronyms appropriately and, and communicate things that are, um, and, you know, that are, have the right specs. And um, and so there's that's kind of like I guess your table stake. Uh, and then secondly, I think a lot of technical companies make the mistake of talking about their products, so the specs and the features of their products, and they don't start with what is the problem we're trying mm, to solve. Yep. You know, what is what getting into the customer's mindset of you know what are what are they challenged with? Why are they seeking this product? What will it help them accomplish? Yeah. And so if you're speaking to the prospect, to their needs in a way that's accurate, you're, uh, you know, you're most of the way there. 
Um, so those are the two biggest things. And then I think the third one is just figuring out what form factor works best for your content. So is this more suitable as a case study or a white paper or video or a blog post, or maybe all of that. So, um, having a plan for, you know, where is this along the buyer's journey? How should this content be consumed? How do I package this? And then how do I repurpose it so that people can find it in the way that they want to consume it? Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Uh, you hit on something too that um, a friend of friend of the show, Pat Flynn. Oh my gosh. No big deal. <laughs> Pat Flynn back in the day. Uh, he uh, he's always hit on something of being able to explain the problem better than your your customer. And so uh, you you hit on that, and it has to be accurate, but you also have to be able to present the problem rather than just going right into the solution. Uh, being able to say, "Hey, we understand this problem." Let me tell you how much we actually understand this problem and go through all the steps be, and be able to really uh, give them a voice that they probably didn't even know. They that didn't even know that they could explain that uh, that problem so well. And so that a lot of times will help you in the sales process because they will obviously know, hey, they know what we're going through and have that empathy. And so I think you hit on that. That's that's a that's a that's near and dear to my heart, obviously. That's good. Sorry. Didn't all passionate about this. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so what areas of content marketing do you feel that a lot of businesses ignore that they totally shouldn't? Well, there's a reason why Brian was also <laughs> featured on my podcast, uh, recently is because video is, mm. is one of the top ones. I think it's an intimidating, or at least is construed to be intimidating, complicated, and, um, people are really missing the boat by not, um, leaning into video, I was sharing with Brian that um, 90, 96% of engineers watch video for work every single week, wow. 96%. And when you look at companies that serve this audience, I guarantee you it's not 96% of companies that have video. Yeah. And um, so there's this misperception that the video that they create has to be top quality, you know, uh, and, and, and they just don't uh, recognize that authenticity is important. Giving a face to your brand is important. And there's all different ways you can package video within your content. So in 2021, we're trying to help companies overcome this fear and figure out a video model that works for them and starts with where they are, because we know the engineers love this type of content. Yeah. And I, in one of your, well, actually, I think it's the opening video that you guys have on your website. It talks about, uh, I think, 16 pieces of content that uh, your mm -hmm. buyers consume before they make a purchasing decision. Um, and that's something we've talked about on the show. Yeah. It is a, it's a long process. So there is a lot of showing up in the feed, being front of mind for them. Uh, they're seeing you on LinkedIn or they're seeing you on, in the Google results constantly showing up and you're providing that value. Uh, obviously, video being being a big piece of that, but, uh, um, love that statistic too, because I, I, we're all human. Like we don't, we don't ever talk about this to where it's like, when you need to, uh, problem solve, where do you go? And most people just go to YouTube, right? And so they're already there. And so why in the world would your buyer be different than what you do, right? <laughs> and so a lot of times we don't, we don't think in that human aspect. It's like, well, it has to be here if it's business. It has to just be on LinkedIn or just has to be here. Like you don't consume right. content like that. And so uh, I love that, that you guys are kind of expanding that, trying different things. Um, and yes, I, I enjoy being on your podcast as well. That was a, a real treat and I, I'm very honored. And it was, it was a lot of fun to talk kind of and kind of dive into the technical aspect of a video and repurposing that content too. So 
Yeah. Well, and and what's interesting too, is if you look at the engineer's buyer's journey, more and more is conducted online than ever before. So in our research uh, that we conduct annually, we ask a question about how much time do you spend researching online before you want to talk to a salesperson? And I think it's like 62% of, in, 62% of the buyer's journey is complete before they want to pick up that phone. And the younger um, engineers and technical specifiers want even more research to be done online. They're like over 70%. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's why this 16 pieces of content is so important. They're looking to go through a, a good portion of that buyer's journey on your website through, um, being helped by this content, they're researching, and you know some of it is how-to information. Some of it's um, deep technical specifications, perhaps about a product. It just depends on what um, somebody's offering up. Uh, one of the other popular things are CAD drawings. That's one of the top oh, things yeah. that engineers are willing to fill out a form for. So um, lots of nuances when it comes to this audience. But one thing's for sure: they're they're conducting a lot of what they do on a vendor's website. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So <clears throat> you've kind of hit on this a little bit, but um, written content can often see, be seen nowadays as not as like sexy and exciting. Um, but tell us why you think it should still definitely have a place at the table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when, I, when we look at the data of um, which content pieces are most consumed, it still goes back to white papers, case studies, long form uh, web pages, FAQs. These are all incredibly popular pieces. So it's an and, not an or. And um, I know that means a bigger investment in content. And, and that can be difficult for technical marketers because this content is not easy to put together. Um, but it's important. It's valued by engineers. Uh, it makes the difference in the buyer's journey. And so really it, it comes down to thinking about repurposing and having your prospect top of mind when you build your content strategy so that uh, you can come with a plan that works, but is also efficient for you as a marketer to implement. Absolutely. Talk, talk through a little bit of that plan. So when you're, when you're coming in, you know, you're creating content, you're going through this. Um, obviously we have a, a, a repurposing process that we go through of taking, you know, that one video and then we, we go through and chop it up and put it in different places. But from, from your aspect, you guys are obviously, this is way more technical. What is, what is exactly, what does that process kind of look like? Just an overview. Yeah. So it, it starts with understanding who your buyer personas are. So, you know, is it the engineer specifier? Is it a vice president of manufacturing, someone in design engineering, procurement? So who uh, are you looking to attract? And then what does their buyer journey look like? Um, and so you have to ask what, what are their pain points? Why are they seeking your solutions? And then how do I send them down this path? And so we do this often utilizing a tool called topic clustering. So think of a mind map, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, if you've ever used that in brainstorming. So you have your central theme and then all the different topics that you could create content around. And so, for example, uh, one of our clients is big into cybersecurity for the manufacturing plant. And, uh, you know, gosh, if you think about it, wow, someone could hack into your IOT, I, IOT devices mm-hmm. and do great damage to your manufacturing line. That's a, it's a huge, uh, you know, scary thing. Yeah, and yeah. so imagine if that's your central theme, all of the topics that you can write about related to pain points as well as solutions. And then from there, we talk about, okay, what content do you already have? What needs to be created? 
What form factor should that piece of content be in? Should it be gated or not? And then once you have that content um, planned together, kind of like an editorial calendar, then we talk about what are the ways to promote this content? What are the ways to repurpose this? Um, And so we just want to make sure that we're serving the persona's needs first before we get into what a lot of companies want to jump through first, which is how do we, you know, increase search or how do we, (laughs) how do we utilize social channels better? We're like, no, 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 no. You're not ready for that yet. Let's, let's talk about your buyer first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, I love that. I love that. Just that strategy in general, because a lot of times it is saying, pump the brakes. <laughs> like let's get the foundations yeah, laid yeah. first before we do all the the really the fun and creative stuff and and uh that's that's usually me. I, I'm usually the one saying, "Hey, let's get <laughs> let's get to the fun stuff. Like oh. let's do that right now." I thought you were saying I'm the fun and creative <laughs> one. I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> kick me the curb here. <laughs> it's fun. It's still fun doing the strategy. It is. It yes. is. Oh, absolutely. Yes. One, of, one of the things we'll uncover too is companies will feel like they have a differentiated position in the market with how they're messaging themselves. And sometimes during this process, we'll have to put up a, a mirror to them to show them, Mm-mm, sorry, uh, no. Uh, but let's fix that. Yeah. And and often that um, involves talking to their customers and interviewing them on why they chose their company or solution and what makes them different and hearing the voice of the customer and bringing that into the content as it's being created. And um, that's a very powerful tool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love that. Love that. Well, we've talked a little bit about, you know, video is super important, but are there any other social trends that you're predicting for 2021? Yeah, you know, so social is really interesting when it comes to the technical buyer. Uh, They do not like Twitter very much (laughs) or most of the other B, what I would consider more B2C oriented platform. Yeah. So when it comes to social, LinkedIn is big but also um, community networks. And so I feel like sometimes these are overlooked by marketers because we think of, you know, the major social platforms, but think of things like Stack Overflow or um, a a technical or professional association that has a social networking site where you can post back and forth, you can chat, you can, you know, find people, even directory listings is a part of that. Those tend to be the places where the technical buyer goes first. And so I'm not saying there's not a place for Facebook, for Twitter, for other platforms. I'm just saying that um, when a marketer has limited time and budget to bias towards um, those professional networks in LinkedIn first. Yeah. Oh, that's something that, uh, you know, we need to, we need to dive into that. I, I have, I love that. I love that. Uh, especially being coming from the corporate world, there were a lot of internal communications that content you could actually put out there and you're connecting with people and Hey, this is something I wrote. And, uh, that is not utilized a lot. Uh, especially when you think of creating content, you just think of outward facing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We we used to do a lot of even internal, I was producing a podcast uh, for the company, but we used Instagram to kind of engage employees to then go and listen to that, which was all internal. And so there's a lot of ways to really, I I, I love that. That's something we haven't really talked about or hit on, but um, one of our clients has an internal, they're a part of an organization and he shares his podcast within that 
uh, application. It's a whole forum that they have set up. He's find, found guests in that, uh, worked with people through that. And I think it's, I think it's great because that's something that gets overlooked a lot of times. And uh, I am, I'm kind of blown away with the Twitter thing. I didn't know the, uh, the engineering world didn't like Twitter. That's interesting. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, at least on yeah. a, at least on You'll a business You'll have to side. go download the research report and see the stats, but it's, Absolutely. it's abysmal. It really is. <laughs> wow. So tell us what is next for true marketing? Well, uh, well, each year we have a theme, and uh, so it, it affects how we operate and, and what we're doing. And so last year, it was lead by example. And so we were doing a lot of things with our own agency, like um, publishing a book, starting a podcast, starting um, online training, and um, doing things that a lot of our clients are thinking of doing, thinking of stepping into. And so we always want to try things out first on ourselves yeah. and take the ears in the back, so to speak, before we start something with our clients. Um, and so in 2021, we're really focused on client success and retention. And not that we aren't always focused on that. Uh, but we're looking for ways, in particular for our longer standing clients, to start experimenting more with um, with video, with podcasts, uh, with CAD drawings, with other ways besides the typical, let's make sure your website's performing well, that you're blogging often, that you have your white papers, you know, the, the typical things that, that are producing success. We're trying to get more innovative with them. Uh, look at um, interactive digital assets on their sites. So uh, starting to push the envelope ahead of their competition now that they have the basics down and are um, have healthy pipelines of leads coming in. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, you guys are obviously moving the right direction. You've had some great guests on your show as well. Um, and I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. Uh, James Olvaney, I'll give a shout out. We talked about uh, that on your show. But uh, oh, yeah, you've had some great guests as well. As <laughs> myself. Make sure that you guys go check out my episode with Wendy. Where, where can they find more information about uh, your podcast specifically and, even, and book? Yeah. So if you visit true marketing and that's T R E W marketing.com, um, and then slash podcast, you'll find the podcast. And if you go to our resources center, you'll find, um, a ton of eBooks, our new research report, and also a link to my book called content marketing engineered. So go check it out. It's a great guide to reaching technical audiences through content marketing. Ah, love that. Great. Love that. Wendy, this has been fantastic. Uh, any final words of advice uh, for those out there who are, who are laying the foundations, you know, they're in that kind of technical space. Uh, any advice for them for starting up their content marketing strategies? Yeah, I'd say if you're just getting started, then start with one persona, start with one buyer in mind and think about all the different things that you can write about that help them solve their problems and their challenges. And um, if you can resonate with that buyer, you'll gain traction and uh, with search with that buyer and convert leads for sales. So just uh, don't uh, be overwhelmed. Start there and then expand out as you go. Oh, that's great advice. Great advice. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Wendy, for jumping on the show today. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll have all of uh, everything that Wendy talked about in our blog and show notes and links back to her as well. Uh, but make sure you go check out her podcast uh, and all the awesome things that True Marketing that they're doing over there. And uh, until next week, we'll see you guys later. Thanks. 
Lauren, are you ready for rapid fire? I am. All right. Here we go. Okay. All right. What book book were you forced to read and ended up actually enjoying? Oh. Forced to read. Oh gosh. The Scarlet Letter. Oh, oh okay. that's a good one. Yeah. All right. All right. What about you, Lauren? Tale of Two Cities. I had to read that in high school. And at first I was like, this is the worst. And then by the end, I was I actually cried at the end of the book. It was like really good. Wow. I know. That's all my, you've mentioned that before. I yeah. I, I want to read that. I wasn't forced Fair to read yourself. it. So. <laughs> 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 um, so mine would be The Call of the Wild. Isn't that the name of it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Our, yeah. Jacob over Jacob here. He's, it's he's definitely nodding. a book. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I did not. I was not excited about but it was a very, it was, I remember being an adventurous book and being a young boy and enjoying it, All wanting right. wanting to then go out and live in the woods, of which course. was not, yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question two. All right. When you can't cook dinner, like you don't have the energy or it's too late or anything and you can't grab takeout, what is your go-to quick fix dinner? Ooh. Okay. I can't grab takeout. Can I go to a restaurant? No, that's kind of like takeout. <laughs> Got a scrounge in the fridge. Hmm. Wow. What do I get? I, I think I grab a tortilla and I kind of make a little homemade fajita with whatever's in the fridge, whatever, you know, meat, cheese, you know, microwave some Throw frozen broccoli. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was kind of our, we, we have three preschoolers and so it's quesadillas. That's like the easiest. You just throw out, we have a little yeah. griddle and make it happen. Like, so easy. They probably, they eat too many cases. They're so, uh, like, not nutritious at all. They just eat too much cheese and bread. <laughs> um, Mine is usually pita chips and hummus and fruit. Okay. Is that a dinner? Is that I a... mean, it's pretty quick. Um, so <laughs> it's fast. hummus is awesome. So, oh, yeah. I, lo- I love me some hummus. That's a that's a different. That's just a different dinner idea. I mean, depending on what I have in the house, preferably if I had to do a quick, it'd be cheese, crackers, and wine. Well, but yeah, a lot of times that's <laughs> not available. Besides, yeah, just a little. I'm changing my answer cheddar. right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Hey, these are great. Yeah, thanks. This was awesome. Thank okay. You. Hey, thanks so much, Wendy. You bet. All right. We're out. Yeah. Griffin, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.